Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Stephen Bassett as we are talking about the possibility of major disclosure next month. We shall see. What's your gut tell you, Stephen? The report that's coming is going to be part of a much larger process. I think it will be substantive. It was requested by Marco Rubio uh, when he was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He put it in the Appropriations Act, not as a enumerated legal matter, but rather as in the comment as a request. But when the Senate Intelligence Committee makes a request, it's advisable that you respond to it. And so that was put into play last year. Uh, the deadline was 180 days from signing of the bill, which didn't happen until September, which put the, the deadline into June. So we've been waiting for that report. But that's, there's much bigger things happening than that. Uh, but they all tie together. So if I may, George, I wanna, I'm going to give your uh, audience a somewhat different perspective on this. Okay. Help them to understand what's going on. Love to hear it. But for the last three and a half years, it's been a, quite a wild ride. I'm sure you know that. Uh, I can't even keep up with it. Uh, the developments are coming so fast. It's incredible. So first, let me preface this perspective with this. I, I feel pretty confident about this. We are in the last weeks and months of the truth embargo. All things come to an end, even embargoes. And I believe the way it's going to end <clears throat> is by initiation of public hearings that will go on for a while. And then ultimately, the, because of those hearings, and that will be viewed by the public, worldwide, the president will be in a position to be able to confirm the ET presence in a comfortable way, uh, and uh, everything moves forward and everything's great. That's what I believe is about to happen. So it starts, though, back in uh, 2017. The beginning of this wild ride is the launch of the To the Stars Academy on October 11, 2017. Tom DeLong's group. Yes. And, and, and then it gets real serious when those two New York Times articles are published, December 16th in 2017. And then everything has come from that. Mm-hmm. Tic videos, the coverage, they expanded, and then people coming forward and so forth. But if you, if you look at the whole thing, which is what I do, and I, and I have all the media coming in. I survey all the English language media on the subject in the world all the time and archive it. Here's what I think is going on. And uh, yeah, I'll see if your audience likes it. What is happening here, essentially, is that the military intelligence complex of the United States is moving to extricate itself from the truth embargo. And they'll just get out from under it because it's a burden. And there are quite a few people inside the military intelligence complex that personally think, really, this has got to end. It's not a formal thing. This is not a formal project of the DOD. In fact, it emerged, I believe, from a group within the Pentagon and some other agencies privately. This is something they wanted to do. Uh, and they tried to find a way to, to go about it, but they couldn't act directly because they're working for the government. And so they created a non-governmental organization called the To the Stars Academy with a multifaceted uh, mission statement filled with former insiders with long careers, high security clearances, covering a broad range of talents. Uh, no group like it has ever been assembled regarding this issue, I can assure you. And that group is an NGO. They could take gun camera footage to the New York Times. Someone working for the Pentagon under government salary would do that. That would be a very uh, a bad outcome for that person. Sure would. And they launched it. 
And then certain individuals have then taken the forefront and have been leading the parade. And the two key people, as you know, are Luis Elizondo and Christopher Mellon. And uh, who would would ever think that 60 Minutes would be doing a special on what we're talking about tonight? uh, Certainly, it wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. A lot of things are happening right now 20 years ago. I mean, former... CIA directors are, are racing to see who can say, you know, uh, I think this, uh, this, interest, this stuff can't be explained yet first. Who, who, whoever thought James Woolsey would be saying, I take it seriously. John Brenner, former CIA director, saying, I take it seriously. And that the uh, Navy videos from 2004, the Nimitz case, eyebrow raising. But this is not all happening independently. In other words, one thing is making it possible for something else to happen. And you're going to see more of that. Uh, the journalists are starting to pile on. Um, more people are coming out. Witnesses are coming forward. And they're taking Edward. it seriously, Stephen. Oh, oh, God, yes. I mean, you should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but, okay, so extricate, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm not being cynical here. But if I'm the military intelligence complex and some politicians, and I know that the truth embargo is going to have to come to an end, and we're going to have to somehow make this happen, I'm going to do it in such a way that I look as good as possible. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to go about it so that I look awful. Everybody understands that. You're not going to come across as someone who lied and kept things back and everything else. Oh, yeah, but the process itself has got to be appropriate. It's got to be done right. But it is a very complex three-dimensional chess game getting out from under this embargo. Sure, any one of the presidents could have simply gone in, in, in front of some cameras and announced it at any time, but that would have been very, very upsetting and very destructive. It can't happen that way. It has to happen through congressional hearings. And there have been numerous attempts to get congressional hearings all the way back to Keogh in the early 1950s in NICAP. They tried over and over again to get hearings, couldn't get them. More efforts were tried, couldn't get them. What we finally got is two one-day hearings, 1966, 1968, four or five witnesses each time, and it was done and over. They were not serious. Since then, there have been other efforts to get them. The, 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 the 2001 press conference that the, the Disclosure Project put on was part of an effort to get congressional hearings. That's right. It didn't well, and 911 probably ended that prospect. And so congressional hearings, why? Here's the reason. Imagine this scenario, George. Um, a member of one of the committee chairs calls for hearings. It'll probably be Rubio. Could be Warner, but probably Rubio. By the way, the first member to suggest having hearings now, a sitting member, is Representative Peter DePazio of Oregon, just said that he would support congressional hearings. But he's not on a committee that's going to be involved. So first comes the call for hearing. Okay, fine. That'll be based on what? Why would they do that? Because for the last two years, Christopher Mellon, has been going up on the Hill and briefing members of Congress. And by the way, he's a former Deputy Secretary of Defense under Presidents Clinton and G.W. Bush. Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, that's right. And so, and, and we know this because it, it's gotten around, and some of these members have admitted that they were briefed, but they haven't, they haven't talked about, uh, about the content. These were private briefings, not for public consumption. And witnesses were taken along. Eventually, we learned in July that the president was given a similar briefing. That's when I moved back to Washington and got an office in the press building. So why do you brief members of Congress, particularly committee chairs like Warner uh, or uh, 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 Rubio? What, just because you want them to keep them in the know or something? No. You brief members of Congress because you were 
preparing them to have hearings. Meanwhile, over the last two years, Luis Elizondo has been collecting witnesses, going all the way back to the beginning, including the Unidentified series on History Channel. A lot of witnesses have come forward to him because the bar is clearly lowered. What happened to Dave Fravor? He's a star. Now his, now his, now the other pilot, the, the, the woman, extraordinary woman, he, she's, she retired, now she's come forward. The witnesses are coming forward in scores, and I believe that Luis Elizondo has been vetting them. Why? Because if you're going to have hearings, you've got to have witnesses. That's right. And there are no better witnesses than military witnesses. Exactly. And the reason for that is because they, they sign an oath when they when they sign up, and they and then they and they give a, take another oath when they sit down at the table. And they're the and best they're, of the best, Stephen. They're the best of the best, and their careers are known, George. And there's no there's no mysteries here. They know where they served, how they served, when they entered, and so forth. They are as solid as it gets. So. The witnesses are lined up. Members are being briefed. It's to get hearings. Now, Rubio's maneuver to get that report was brilliant. He's gotten a huge amount of press, all positive. I think, just speculating here, he may be thinking he can ride that UAP issue into the White House in 2024. You're absolutely correct. He th- he's thinking that right now. That's that's his foot in, the, foot in the door. And and so the report was beautifully done. So it's going to be coming in about this time. Now things have kind of the timing has been kind of messed up because of the COVID uh, and, and the, uh, the pandemic uh, and how it progresses and the vaccinations and all that. But as you know, we're coming out of that. So the report's coming in. Well, when the report comes in, that's and it's got some substance in it. That helps the committee chairs to decide. Yeah, let's do these hearings. All right. But there's something else that's very important. And this is where things get tricky, and this is what's causing so much controversy. And it's the issue of alien or extraterrestrial threat. Exactly. That has been raised from the beginning by the TTSA people, and raised by Mellon, raised by uh, Elizondo. It was part of the uh, uh, the unidentified series. I mean, of course, the press is bringing it up. What if what's happening, Stephen, is a massive? A massive program of of uh, abducting people, hundreds of thousands every year on this planet disappear. Nobody knows where they went. It's weird. What if they're being taken by these ETs and governments know about this and they don't want to tell us? Do you? What kind of panic would there be if they said ETs are abducting humans? Who knows what they're doing, where they're going, but we can't stop it. <laughs> That's a curveball, George. I never could hit curveballs in high school, which is why I never made the junior team. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have the evidence that gives me any confidence that huge numbers of human beings are being taken and not returned. So I, I really can't speak to that. And also, that phenomena, that contact issue, that's not going to be part of the initial hearings. The initial hearings are going to be national security, which is why the issue of threat comes up. Now, it should never be threat. It should be potential threat. Okay. Right. If a neighbor neighbor is in a back in his backyard throwing knives in, in, into a tree and looking at you kind of funny, that's a that that's a potential threat. That's right. You start throwing knives through your through into your front door. That's an actual threat. So, but occasionally they they tend to go with threat and shouldn't say potential threat. But what's most important here is that the ET issue is legitimately a national security matter. Will they rule out first Russia, China, in countries like that? In, in some of these hearings? Uh, yeah, well, look, yeah. And, and let me just, just for clarity, point out to your audience, let me be very clear. 
there are elements in our government, agencies, military services, and so forth, and other governments as well, but let's just focus on ours. Those who have a right to know, need to know, need to know, rather, that have known there's an extraterrestrial presence since 1947, the entire 75 years. And so a lot of what you're seeing is, well, it's kind of a show. In other words, they can't come out and just say, yeah, they're here. We've always known that. They're extricating themselves out of a bad situation and try to making themselves look good. It's a public relations uh, operation with a 3D chess level. Correct. And so national security is legitimate. They've turned off our nuclear weapons repeatedly. I mean, that's clearly a national security matter, which is striking because the government never addressed it, wouldn't, wouldn't deal with the witnesses. The press collapsed about it and, 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 and wouldn't read uh, Hastings' book, UFOs and Nukes, probably the best book on this subject ever written, uh, uh, because they knew they couldn't touch that. But now it's well in play. And, in fact, these witnesses have been on the show. Nuclear weapons tampering. That's okay. Right. All they have to do is duplicate your 2013 citizens disclosure hearing. That's all they have to do is duplicate that, and they'll have the world's greatest story. You, from your lips to God's ears, you know. By the way, if they need any advice or anything, I'm in the press building. I'm just two blocks. Away. Well, I was going to say, would you assist if they asked you? Of course, you would. <laughs> yeah, I would. Here, I wouldn't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, hold my breath on that. But the, the key thing is this. And, and, and this is the plan. I believe the agenda of the To the Stars Academy from the get-go, aside from everything else, was to, to get congressional hearings. And here's something else that's important. Recently, three of the TTSA people left TTSA, came out on their own. It wasn't a breakup. There was no problem. They stepped out. Why would they step out? And who were they? They were Louis Elizondo, Christopher Mellon, and Steve Justice. Yep. I believe they stepped out because we're now entering the negotiation phase. In other words, the, the actual putting it together phase, where where people are going to have to deal with congressional staffers to decide the who, what, where, and when. And I think it would have been awkward for the congressional staffers to be dealing with an organization to the Stars Academy with a multiple multiple uh, agenda and uh, you know, entertainment division, whatever. And so these three men are acting on their own as highly credentialed individuals. Uh, and I think they will be negotiating the final uh, arrangements for these hearings. But I was curious, why did Steve Justice step out? Is he part of that, and why would he be part of that? And then it occurred to me, most of the witnesses are going to be mili uh, military people, without question. But there are some other witnesses that could be very valuable we haven't heard much from, and that is individuals who work in the defense contract industry, working on highly classified projects. It's possible that some of they, that them may come forward. Who better to deal with that than a man who was in a director at Skunk Works of Lockheed Martin? Would they bring in so people that, like Nick Pope, Steve, who was, you know, working for the Ministry of Defense in Britain on the UFO desk? Will, will they bring in people like that? Here's how I think it'll go. Uh, we're going to have the hearings. Hundreds of millions of people are going to watch. It's going to be pretty much all military witnesses, not me, not my colleagues. After the testimony is, has been heard and you know, seen by hundreds of millions of people, I think then, right, with that evidence, which will be profound, the president can then do the comfortable thing, which is go in front of the American people and say, my fellow Americans, I've been watching these, these hearings along with you. And I've now talked with my top people at the Pentagon, congressional leaders, and my advisors. And our consensus is this testimony confirms there is off-world, non-human intelligence engaging us. 
and so take that to the bank, and we, we're going to try to get more information out to you as soon as we can. That is the way it needs to be done and always needed to be done. Right. But first, you've got to get the hearings. And to get the hearings, you need the, the, the politicians who are the last 30 years not notable, noted for their, their courageousness. They need a safe reason, and that reason is national security. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.